Well, welcome everyone once again uh, to WNZN Radio, coming to you from Lorraine, Ohio, <clears throat> and very happy you tuned in to this program. Uh, this is Easter week, or some call it Passion Week, and we're going to really be focusing on Good Friday. And in the coming weeks, we'd like to spend at least two sessions looking at the resurrection from a scriptural point of view, from a historical point of view, from early non-Christian writers that reference the crucifixion or the resurrection of Jesus and open it up into discussion. So I'm here today with my good friend, David Abood. David, John, great to board. be here with you today. And um, yeah, a very interesting yeah. day. It's April and we got some snow on the ground, but yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. So what we thought and discussed, David, is Good Friday. There's so many things we could look at here, even the trials that led up to Good Friday. And of course, the betrayal by Judas, the denial by Peter. And all of these things are in fulfillment of Scripture. We saw that and we're going to look at more closely today. But in particular, what we're going to discuss is... The seven sayings of Jesus on the cross. It's interesting. He makes these seven statements. Yeah. And of course, seven we've seen throughout the Bible is often the number of completion or perfection. And of course, you know, in the world, the last words a person speaks before they die is usually fairly important or significant. Well, how much more so yeah. uh, the words that Jesus might say right before he dies yeah. And, of course, we know he rises from the dead, and then he has other words to share with the apostles. But these are his last words, and they're being said essentially why he's dying. He's put on the cross, uh, we learn from the scripture, like 9 o'clock in the morning. He's going to be there for six hours total, and then, of course, he dies at the what's called the um, ninth hour, or the, what we would be the equivalent of 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So we're going to look at that mm -hmm. as we go forward. And... Um, I want to open up by turning to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, and many uh, feel that this is uh, his first word spoken. Now, remember, he's, he's <clears throat> the crucifixion is only part of his suffering. He's right. been, he's been oh, yeah. beat up, he's been spat upon, he's been crowned with thorns, he's been scourged with a whip, he's been um, made to carry this cross a significant uh, distance. So much for, so that they have to re require to get another person to help them. This man named Cyrene, Cyrene, uh, this uh, Simon of Cyrene, he helps him to carry the cross. And it seems to be Jesus even had to force himself to get to the point where his execution will take place. And we have to remember through all of this that uh, nobody took his life from him. Jesus clearly says, nobody takes my life, but I give it up willingly. It's not, you know, people right. say it was the Romans, it was the Jewish people, it was this people. No, in a very real sense, all of us and our sins put Jesus on the cross, but ultimately, it's God's plan. It says that uh, in the scripture where Peter and his great servant in, the in Acts, he will say this was God's predetermined plan, you know, that Jesus would die. And it says, uh, we'll, we're going to look at Isaiah 53 in a moment. And we'll see, it pleased the Father to bruise him. You know, it was necessary yeah. that this sacrifice would be carried out for our salvation. And again, this was all part of God's great plan. Mm -hmm. So it says here in Luke chapter, um, actually, we, we start in chapter 23. There's a very interesting statement Jesus makes before he gets to the cross. It's in verse 27. Okay. It says, a great multitude of the people followed him, and women also mourned and lamented him. But Jesus, turning to them, says, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, 
but weep for yourselves and for your children. For indeed the days are coming in which they will say, Blessed are the barren wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and the hills cover us. And what he's referring to here is he said that they're going to go counter destruction. Mm -hmm. And of course, if this lady had a child in 30 years, 40 years out, Jerusalem is scorched earth. The Romans come in, destroy the temple, <clears throat> kill yeah. incredible numbers, thousands upon thousands. And those that were left were taken off into slavery. We call it the diaspora. Mm. But Jesus was prophesying that even on his way to his own death. Wow. Yeah. So then they go to Calvary. It says here, verse 32, there were... Also, two other criminals led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, where they crucified him, the criminals on one and one side, the right hand, and the other on the left hand. So they're on either side of Jesus, these two criminals that are also yeah. being crucified. And here's the first statement he's going to make. Verse 34 of chapter 23 in Luke. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. Yeah. Notice the first thing Jesus says on the cross is a prayer asking forgiveness for the people that just nailed him to the cross. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, that this is the, you know, we're going to see in a moment that his first statement is to his father. His seventh statement is to his heavenly father. But here it is. Forgive them for they do not know what they do. And, of course, this is man's chief need in this world is forgiveness. Right. You know, we need right. forgiveness. And when Jesus comes, uh, he forgives sins. Actually, he got in trouble with the religious community because they said only God can forgive sins. But, of course, we know Jesus is God come in the flesh. Mm -hmm. He will. Peter will say to him, well, how many times should I forgive? Seven times? He says 70 times seven. Right. 490. He says again in the Lord's Prayer, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us. So the idea of forgiveness is just central mm -hmm. to the message of Jesus. And he will even say in the Sermon on the Mount, he will say, Forgive those who, who, who deceitfully use you. Pray for your enemies. And if we look at Isaiah chapter 53, this is a critical prophetic chapter in the old testament this is about 700 years before jesus is being crucified right. i mean it's just right. so high detail i don't know if you have it there. I have it. Mm -hmm. okay if you start with isaiah chapter 53 and maybe uh, chapter uh 53 maybe do verse three and four we're going to reference this several times sure. but just three and four he was despised and rejected by mankind a man of suffering and familiar with pain like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised. And we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. He was considered him punished by God. Yet he, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. Okay, notice it's by God, by God. Men yeah. did it, yep. but this is God's grand plan. Mm -hmm. Now we're coming back to this, but now read verse 12, sure. same chapter. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession 
for the transgressors. See that? Yeah. He's praying for the transgressors. Right. But he is, notice, he's being numbered <clears throat> with the wicked. In yeah. other words, he's with the two right. thieves. Right, right. But and, and this is 700 years before the crucifixion. But he's praying for the transgressors, just like he's doing on the cross now. So here we see this idea. Mm -hmm. When we get into the statements of Jesus from the cross, David, we'll see the first three are directed for others. He's praying for those that, you know, put right. him on the cross, his yeah. enemies. Mm -hmm. He's going he's to pray for this man. That, I mean, he's going to discuss this thief who's repented. And then he's going to talk to his mother and the care unto John of his mother, Mary. So here we see this whole idea of forgiveness really clearly. Now we come to this next one in Luke where it says this. It said, Want to go back, back to Luke? Luke chapter 23. Okay. Are you there? If, if I will be in a minute. 23, starting with verse 39. And this will be his second uh, statement that he's going to make. Uh, Luke chapter 23, okay. uh, verse 39 through 43. Okay. Verse 39. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said? Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Okay, thank you, David. So yeah. now we see these two criminals. Now, if you study the other Gospels, uh -huh. it talks about both of these were mocking Jesus yeah. and earlier on. But the one has a change of heart. And much like the prodigal son, when he comes to his senses and he wants to return and repent to his father. <clears throat> but this one, yeah. see, they're the criminals who were hanged on the cross blasphemed him. See, plural, criminals, if you are the Christ, save yourself. But that's when this other one rebuked his fellow criminal, this guy. He says, do you not even fear God? seeing you are under the same condemnation, we indeed justly, for we receive the reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. So now he realizes yeah. he's taking responsibility for his own transgressions. And he has a certain fear of God. He says to his friend, mm -hmm. don't you fear God? So we, we're going to learn a lot from this man, really, quite honestly. He says, we, and then he turns to Jesus uh, some translations have him saying Jesus, some have him say Lord. But nevertheless, when he says Jesus, Jesus comes from the name Yeshua, which means God saves. But he says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Right. Now, this indicates a lot. Number one, he sees Jesus as Savior. Mm -hmm. Okay. He, yeah, he knows he can, he, yeah. can, he can save him. Right. Number two... <clears throat> He knows not only can save him, but he knows that Jesus has a kingdom, which implies he's a king. Now, this is what's written above the cross is Jesus mm -hmm. of Nazareth, mm -hmm. king of the Jews. Number three, he knows there's life after death. He knows that this thing is going to be over like within hours. But Lord, remember me when you can. It's a very simple prayer he's offering, David, when you can see what he's doing here. Mm -hmm. But it's loaded. Humility, repentance taking ownership mm -hmm. of his sin, yeah. looking to Jesus as his only Savior, understanding that Jesus is not only Savior, but he's a king, and he has a future kingdom. Jesus turns to him and says, Truly, 
or surely I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. And there you have granted salvation. This man could not do one good work, not one yeah. good deed. His hands are nailed to the yeah. cross. He's good, you know, he can't. But how do you receive salvation? It's a gift. Right. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. This is the ultimate mm -hmm. giving that whosoever believeth on him shall have everlasting life. John, I think I think the big thing there for me um, is the fact that even even though it was the end of his life, mm -hmm. Jesus still forgave him, and he had the opportunity to get into heaven. Right. I mean, that is huge because a lot of what holds people back from following Christ is that they don't think their sins can be forgiven, or they've done too much. Right. And when a lot of I mean, <clears throat> since I've been in the faith, I know a lot of people that have been doing it for years and they do focus on their good deeds <clears throat> and the fact that, you know, they're giving back with their tithes and their good deeds. But this is so powerful right. for the listener to understand that if you really, truly believe in your heart that you're sorry and you ask for forgiveness, there is no time that is too late. The only time is if you're out of breath. Right. right. And, and I think that's the picture that I, I see loud and clear here that really needs to be conveyed. Right. And, yeah. and good works are important. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, it says we are saved mm -hmm. by grace. That's a free gift. Through faith. Yeah. That's reaching out. Unto good works. So we are not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. That's right. a very important yeah. distinction. Mm -hmm. And of course, like you say, with this 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 man, yeah. it was it was like the eleventh hour. Yeah. Did you ever hear of eleventh hour oh, conversion? Yeah. Right. It, it, you're right, David. Mm -hmm. You know, some people come to Christ, they turn their life over, and when they're literally on their deathbed or on the battlefield and they're dying, the, the, it shows God's mercy is new every morning. But it also is problematic. Because I know some people say, well, I'm just going to, you know, be at 11th hour conversion. I'm going to live with the wife I want now, yeah. then I'm going to have an 11th hour. But yeah. my problem is, yeah, but you might die at 1030. Right. You see, you don't know when you're going to die. <clears throat> yeah. Now, this guy did know he yeah. was going to be dead within hours. Mm -hmm. But this is like a picture of all humanity. And what I mean by that is, look, we are all guilty, mm -hmm. right? Bible right. says, oh, yeah. all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Mm -hmm. We are all serving a death sentence. Now, some of us might live to 70 years old, some might live to 90, so, but we're going to die. Yeah. This guy's going to die. He had hours. Might be tomorrow. We got years, right? <laughs> yeah. So we're going to die. Number, yeah. th number three, mm -hmm. each of these men had access to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Every day we have access to Jesus. Yeah. You know, he says, whomsoever will, let him come unto me. But people keep delaying and denying and all this other stuff and putting it off. The other thing is, we always have this opportunity to be saved. Mm -hmm. These guys both had the opportunity. It's a perfect picture of humanity, David. Why? Here you have these two men on either side of Jesus. Those that mock Jesus, ridicule, deny, or just don't consider mm -hmm. him at all on this mm -hmm. side. And this one that says, Lord, basically, I'm a sinner in need of mm -hmm. a Savior. Remember me when you come into mm -hmm. your kingdom. And Jesus says, truly. He doesn't yes. just say, he says, assuredly. Yeah. This day you will be with me. This also shows us another thing, David. When we die, there's no such thing as soul sleep. Some teach that there's a soul sleep or we're unconscious. And No, 
To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Jesus did not say someday you'll be. He said this day you'll be with me in paradise. Do you understand? Yeah. That's why Paul says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Stephen, when he's being stoned in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 7, he commends his spirit to God. Mm -hmm. You know, he goes mm -hmm. to be with God. It's, yeah. it's a very important point. Yeah, I, I like what you said there, John. I've never heard you say that. So um, it's like it, you did bring up that one visual about, you know, some of your friends thought it was like turning off mm -hmm. a TV and it's over. Atheist, yeah. So, so you're suggesting that it's just a, a quick transference. Yes, right. And, yeah. and there's really no delay. There's no, you know, you're just sitting there in the dark or there's nothing more. No. It's just a transference from this world to the supernatural. Yeah, and if you yeah. look at Jesus speaking about the rich man and Lazarus, yeah. when they die... Lazarus is taken by an angel to paradise, which yeah. was Abraham's bosom. Mm -hmm. And then the man wakes up. He's immediately right. in hell. So, or the waiting, shield, the waiting place for hell. Yeah. But my point being, it's instant. It's, yeah. it's like that. Right. And um, yeah, I mean, we're that close. Mm -hmm. we're, we're a heartbeat away. We're a breath away. Uh, that's why t the Bible stresses today is the day of salvation. It says in Psalm 90, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for we know us not what a day might bring forth. Right. Today's the day, you see. Yeah, and, you know, again, I, I really like this interaction with the, with the thief because we call it Good Friday. Right. But if somebody can be forgiven like that mm -hmm. in a second and they're with God in heaven, that's, that's good news. Exactly. That's great news. Yes, right. So everything you've done in the past is forgiven if you really, truly come to the Lord and and you ask for forgiveness and you'd like to follow Christ and there's prayers you can say uh, for that but anyway so yeah th that to me is one of the most powerful interactions on the cross just because there's so many people uh, that really need to hear that and and there might be somebody listening right now mm -hmm. that is kind of in between they're like, what side of the cross are you on? You know, yeah. you might have considered the claims of Jesus. You might realize, as David says, you're too far gone. You've sinned too much. But no, he, he came to save all. And uh, this is your opportunity, perhaps like no other, uh, this Easter week to consider Jesus. Now back to Isaiah chapter 53. Okay. And again, this is loaded with all these kind of prophecies um, uh, that uh, are laid upon Jesus and kind of come to fulfillment when we see the crucifixion. So in Isaiah 53, verse 6, uh -huh. let's say through 8. Okay. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the inequity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shears is silent so he did not open his mouth okay notice this number one it describes us all we like sheep have gone astray every man has turned to his own way before we come to christ we're living in our own like frank sinatra said i the right. song i did right. it my way well right. you don't want to do it your way you want to do it god's way uh, then it says the lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all that's why it says in second corinthians 5 he who knew no sin mm -hmm. became sin for right. us. There right. it is. Right. That we might become the righteousness of God. Right. Then it says, he was oppressed, he was afflicted, but he opened not his mouth. All through his trial, he doesn't defend himself. Yeah. You see, he's given up his life willingly and knowingly. 
And then he was led as a lamb to the slaughter. How did John the Baptist introduce Jesus at the River Jordan? At the beginning of his ministry, behold, the Lamb of God God who takes away the sins of the world. And then um, we're going to come back to Isaiah 53. You know, I I just had a visual. It's it's almost like God was raising this little lamb, Uh this perfect lamb for... For the ultimate sacrifice, exactly. You know, and, and that's that's really a nice visual to think about for us because, man, it's like, do we really deserve this? But um, you know, it's interesting. The, the the real the real challenge with this, well, it's not a challenge, but it sure suggests what we really need to shoot for. You know, watching Jesus on the cross, it just demonstrates what is what was consistent in his life and his message until the end yeah it, it there was never an iteration it was always about others and even apostle paul you know wrote later after this philippians 2 3 4 do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit rather in humility value others above yourselves not looking to your own interests but each of you to the interest of others. And man, is that is that something to, to really think about? But it is hard to follow in that path. Yeah. And but, here but that's Jesus, really what we're called to do. Yeah, and here the right? Lord is on the cross. Yeah. He's ministering to his enemies. He prays right. for his enemies. He ministers mm-hmm. to this repentant uh, thief, this yeah. sinner. Yeah. And now the next one, his third statement, will be concerning his mother. And this is in John right. chapter 19. And um, here in chapter 19... In verse 25 and uh, through 27, uh, this is now his concern for his mother. Sure. John chapter Yeah, 19. near Go. the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Okay. Now, the previous statement Jesus made was with the thief concerning his eternal destiny. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know him. Mm-hmm. And he was a stranger. He's a thief. Now, it's it's a temporal care of his mother. Family responsibility. We look out for others. We look out for family. And that's what our Lord's doing here. As the son, breathing out his mm-hmm. last breath, he's concerned with his mother which is the fifth commandment, honor thy father and thy mother. Exactly. And here he's, he's displaying that yeah, very, very surely, um, this idea of family responsibility, and he's looking uh, at his beloved d- disciple. This was the one that was closest to us. We're, we're interpreting this to be John, and he entrusts John to care for his mother. Yeah, and, and just to think through the suffering that he must have been going through on the cross, because he was fully human at this mm-hmm. point. Right. Uh, but, you know, the law required the firstborn to take care of his parents, and there he was, obeying the law of God up till the end. So it's uh, it's really important to, to look at this all the way through, John. Yeah. The consistency and I, of it. And I think it's a good, a good lesson for all of us that in his ministry, you know, he prayed for his enemies, he... he he prays for this, this. He introduces this man to salvation. But but remember, close at home, we have to take care of those that God has entrusted to us close at home. Yeah. You know, often we overlook that. And particularly in this case is, is what's going to be his widowed mother. And uh, that that's, uh, I think, a very important thing to bring out in our day and age, that we don't overlook uh, the care of our parents, especially when they're in a point of need. 
Yeah, and John, I also wrote, I have a, another scripture for this right after he made this statement. Matthew 5, 17, 18, it relates to uh, this. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Right. So that's the buildup to it. Um you know, of what's to come here on the cross. So there's his third statement. So that yeah. puts us dead center uh, in the middle now. And so when you come to this third one, which is um, very interesting in, in, in many ways, as you can pick it up in uh, Mark chapter 15, yeah, verse 34. Mark chapter 15, verse 34. Now everything's going to change now in a lot of different ways. Um a couple things going on here. Number one, um, <clears throat> while he's, I'm in Mark chapter 15. Got it, yeah. It says here, in verse 22, Then they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which is called the place of the skull. That's where yeah. they're going to. Yeah. But in verse 23, it says this, Then they gave him wine mingled with myrrh to drink, but he did not take it. Yeah. Because they would give that to condemned prisoners. Mm -hmm. You know, like the old movies, the, the guys go to the firing squad and they give him a cigarette or a guy gets his last meal. It kind of like a little thing to make it just a tiny bit easier. He won't take anything to numb the pain. He's going to take the full blast yeah. of God's wrath and yeah. punishment here. Wow. And he wouldn't take it. He will take it when he says it's finished. And they offer him. A, but then they crucified him. They divide his garments. They cast lots for his robe. Now this is the third hour. Uh, and they wrote above it, King of the Jews. And so now he's... With these two guys, they're, everybody's mocking him. It says, come down, you saved others, now save yourself. But look what it says in verse 33. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. Now look at that. Uh -huh. Three hours. That's from yeah. noontime when the sun is the brightest till three in the afternoon. It's yeah. dark. Mm -hmm. it's, it's dark, right? And that's where Jesus will cry out. This is in the middle. This is his middle statement now. Look at verse 34. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Elo, Elo, Lema, Sakam, uh, Sabachthan. Yeah, Sabachthan. Which, yeah, which means, God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So now in this darkness, mm -hmm. um, he cries out. Now, anyone that's Jewish would know right away, well, that's the lead verse of Psalm 22. Oh. And Psalm 22 is um, you know? written a thousand years before this crucifixion, of course. Now... The lead verse, often the opening verses of a psalm, it's like when you remember a song that you grew up with, Right. the lead verse is often the title of the song, right? Mm -hmm. Often, not always. But look what the first verse is to Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me yeah. and from the words of my groaning? Yeah. See, that's exactly what he's... But look at verse 2. My God, I cry out by day. But you do not answer by night, but I find no rest. No, so notice, day uh, and what? Night. Night. We had them both on the cross, yeah. There's daytime, and now yeah, it's nighttime. Right. It's, it's, it's in the, and night is in the middle of the day here. Now, this is a very important point wow. uh, to consider, because uh, this is actually uh, repeated in uh, other scriptures. I'm just going to read real quickly from Amos chapter 8. I, I don't want to belabor this too much, but I think it's important how all of nature is kind of 
uh, out of kilter, if you will, or yeah. is, is witnessing this. Uh -huh. Here's what it says in Amos chapter 8, verse uh, 9. And it shall come to pass in that day, says the Lord God, that I will make the sun go down at noon. What time did it start getting dark? Uh, noon yeah. time. Right. And I will darken the earth in broad daylight. I will turn your feast into morning. It's Passover. And all your songs into lamentation. I will bring sackcloth on every waist and baldness on every head. And I will make it like mourning and weeping for an only son. Wow. That's Amos chapter 8, verse wow. 9. That's Old Testament. So when you go into <clears throat> Psalm 22, yeah. you see in verse, look at verse 7. Okay. 7 and 8. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him. Exactly what they're Since saying. Since he delights in him. Exactly what they're saying at the foot yeah. of the cross. Now look at verse uh, 14 and 15. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is turned to wax. It has melted within me. Look at that. My mouth is dried up like a, a potsherd. And my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. Do you see how thirsty he is? Yeah. He's dehydrated. That's yeah. why one of his last sayings will be, I thirst. Yeah. It's exactly what it's wow. saying here. This is written in the first person mm -hmm. through the prophet, but by the Holy Spirit inspiring the event we're witnessing on Good Friday. And then finally he says, look at verse 16. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. Notice dogs back then, of course, yeah. were Gentiles. <clears throat> And they're circling at the base of the cross. But what's curious there is they pierce my hands and my feet. Back in this time, a thousand years before, yeah. it was that was not capital punishment. Yeah. It was stoning. Yeah. The, 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 the Persians brought in crucifixions. The Romans refined it to mm -hmm. an art. But why is it so high detailed that he's, he's pierced my hands and my feet? And then it says, they, I can count on He's looking down at his body. I count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Jeez. Man. How much more precision do you no need? No kidding. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you got to either say this is all a fable, it's all yes. mysteriously made up, or this is indeed the Word of God. Yeah. And it's, and it's yeah. God's out of space and time, so it's not hard mm -hmm. for him to direct the prophets mm -hmm. about what is coming in the future. Right. With high specificity, yeah. very mm -hmm. detailed. Right. So yeah. here he says, um, we're at this place now where he says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Now, this is a very mysterious in some ways. A couple things here. We do know that Jesus carried the sins of the world at this moment. Right. It says clearly in 2 Corinthians, he who knew no sin became sin for us, okay, that we might become the righteousness of God. The other thing we know is that sin separates us from the presence of God. That's clear. Even starting to Adam and Eve at the beginning when they were cast out of the paradise. Mm -hmm. You know, you see this with Cain cast out of God's presence, yeah. this idea. Yeah. It's suggested that in Habakkuk 1.13, God cannot look on sin. He's too holy to behold sin. I'm not saying that's exactly what's going on, but something is going on here. And many feel that this is what Jesus saw at Gethsemane when he prayed three times. Lord, if there's a way that this cup can right. be taken from me, let yeah. it. Yeah, it was probably the physical pain and stuff, but perhaps this this moment, this interaction, because consider this, David, at this moment, Jesus is suspended between heaven and earth, right? The hands that healed are now nailed. 
Yeah. The feet that went to the sharing the gospel and help mm-hmm. are now nailed. Mm-hmm. His head is crowned with thorns. Yeah. His blood is being drained out. His breath is short. His yeah. mouth is dried. Yeah. Uh, his friends have betrayed him, denied him, ran away from him. His countrymen, he came to his mm-hmm. own. His own received him not. And, and even the things he owned. He died with nothing. He, yeah. he, he's completely alone, like right. in the universe, yeah. if you will. Yeah. For us, not for himself. He did nothing right. wrong. Right. And even now, he cries out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Who knows what in full depths is going on here. But all I know is at this time, he has taken on himself the sins of the world, my sins, your sins, future sins. And boom, the wrath of God is coming down on him uh, for our sakes. It's mysterious in many ways, but it's also touching that God's perfect love and perfect righteousness, his perfect mercy and his perfect justice are coming together at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah, a total transformation. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.19, that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Right. So a complete transformation. And read verse 21. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. So, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you want me to? I was uh, that, that, that's where okay. it says, he right. who know no sin. Right. So 21, rescue me from the mouth of the lions. No, I'm, I'm saying in first, Second Corinthians uh, 5, 21, that's where it will say, he who knew no sin became sin for oh, us. Oh, right. I have, yes, yeah. you're right. Uh-huh. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Okay, that's I the important you. thing yep. right there. And so, yeah, but it's so, so to your point, uh, you know, the father had to forsake the son and punish him on our behalf. And, you know, it, it, so, so that, that's what you were saying. So I guess I'm trying to think this through. So he had total spiritual connection with his father all the way through. Right. I don't know what that looked like other than what you think they're talking back and forth. I mean, I don't really understand that, but, but just to have been that way through eternity the whole time, like that, and then to have this moment where he didn't have that connection, I can't imagine what that felt like mentally as well as the physical pain he was in. Yeah, we don't I mean, it know. Just, you know, it's yeah. just got to be overwhelming. We don't know. Right. But in terms of separation down, like how could the Godhead be separate? I don't know, and I'm right. not trying to make a case. Well, yeah, I, I don't either. I'm just saying, yeah. here's what it says in, um, uh, back to Isaiah 53, I'm continuing with it. Okay. Verse 8, he was taken from prison and from judgment, who will declare his generation? For he is cut off from the land of the living. There's death. For the transgression of my people, he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death. In other words, he's going to be buried in a rich man's tomb. Because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. They're saying the Lord to bruise him. Yeah. When you make his soul an offering for sin... He shall see his seed. That's us, those that us. He shall prolong his days. For the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. God will be satisfied. Mm. By his knowledge of my righteousness, my righteous servant shall justify many. In other words, many are going to be saved through this. For he shall bear their iniquities. Yes. Not his iniquities. Right. Their iniquities. Our iniquities. So... This is the great exchange, they call it, that we give Jesus, so to speak, our guilt, our shame, our sin, our transgressions, and he gives us his forgiveness, his peace, Mm -hmm. his purpose, his Holy Spirit, all of this and eternal life. You see, that's they call that the great exchange. Yeah, it really is the culmination of his entire walk here on earth for those 30, what, 33 years? Uh Uh-huh. You know, it just shows from the start to the end. 
So you know, here, yeah. yeah. But, you know, he, he, I got to tell you, this is so important just because it's so challenging, you know, um, even being a Christian to just forgive people all the time yeah. that have uh, that have thrown darts at you or you've gotten into arguments with or there's other things that bother you about him. And, you know, I think that's one of the biggest challenges every day. But, you know, the one thing I realized is when we pray for other people that we're thinking that way for and we ask God to forgive us or, you know, to bless them, let them come to know you, you know, things like that that you taught me to do, it is very relieving. And in some cases, it it helps with the forgiveness. Right. Because you're taking the anger part off and you're praying for him. So it, it is a good tool you you know you conveyed to me, and that that is that is what I try and do. It doesn't work all the time, yeah. you know. I still have to really concentrate on it, but um, I think this is one of our biggest weaknesses: is it's hard to forgive others and this, to love our neighbors like ourselves. That that is a tough commandment. In my yeah. opinion, it may be one of the most godlike things we yeah, can do. You know, we're right. told to be conformed to the image of Christ, and He's forgiven mm-hmm. people that just. How, how do you do it? Well, do you pray for the people that maybe upset you in the past? Well, it's real. I mean, it's difficult when I offend people for them to, and vice versa. But if you think of the cross, you have the vertical beam, right? Mm -hmm. That's the key. That's our relationship to God. Mm -hmm. And the only way we can have forgiveness is through Jesus Christ. Usually, once you get that in place, that he's forgiven me like a $10 billion debt of sin, right? Then you look at the horizontal beam. Mm -hmm. That's our relationship to man. So if I know I'm forgiven $10 billion wiped off the books like that, no, you know, go free. And then somebody owes me 10 bucks and I run after them and, you know, yell at them. Mm-hmm. I should I'd get a check in my spirit like, whoa, doesn't mean you should let people walk over you. Don't get me wrong. Right. Thing. But we should have in our heart this idea of, you know, it says in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us you see it's a prayer so i think it's a prayer of strengthening too Mm -hmm. now it's the only thing after the our father prayer that jesus adds an addendum he says you must forgive others if they offend you just so my father can forgive you you know it's a very important prayer and uh, this is really destroyed homes Friendships, marriages, unforgiveness, unforgiveness, yes. unforgiveness. Yes. What comes in? Bitterness, vengeance, mm-hmm. revenge, heartache. But once you get somebody that can forgive, right. it's not easy it's because you're well, taking the pain a little bit. You're taking yeah, the hit. And, and, and this goes right up to the enemy. Yeah. You know, um, Satan was one of the most beautiful cherubims around the altar, right, Jim? Yes, yes. The throne room? Yes. And so he thought, man, I, I'm just fantastic. Yeah, no, you're right. Why why can't I be God? So it even goes all the way up there. But you see, you know, you saw what happened. Yeah. uh, And now where we're at. But, you know, I I think what I do know is that um, when I get better at this and there's some areas that I actually have done pretty well with it, Mm -hmm. I got a lot to work on. But I start to see that God will give you breadcrumbs. Yeah in favor of what you did because he knows how hard it is. Exactly. He knows how hard that obedience is because we're so sinful. Yeah, I think And so I, I think, you know, one of the things that you suggested we do is that we map out in a journal when we're praying for something and if we receive it or how we received it. Yeah. And that, that gives you um, the ability then to do more of the forgiveness. You know, and I hate to say it that way, but we sometimes need that hug. Mm-hmm. to show that we're on the right path um, 
and that even though this is hard, we're going to get through it, and there's good reasons to do it. Yeah, exactly right. You know, so, but anyway, it's that, a good that's point. Your hair, your no, hair I think it's there. a very good, yeah. important point. But again, that is so. I mean, you can go into nations that yeah. don't forgive, and they right. want revenge, and they, you know, this is such a big thing mm-hmm. that Jesus displayed. He didn't just preach it and teach it. He's he's doing it mm-hmm. on the cross when he says, "Forgive them; they don't know what they do." I mean, it's an amazing lesson for us today, you know. So this, we're moving out of this, and this right. was the, <clears throat> this was the fifth statement mm-hmm. out of seven, and then staying in John, and then it will say this um, right after he entrusts uh-huh. the care of uh, his mother with with John, verse twenty eight says. After this, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled. See, Jesus is knowing he's on a prophetic timetable. Then he's knowing these things are just dropping into place right. and they're being fulfilled. We have the, the ability by hindsight now with the full Bible to see how we've been reading from Isaiah yeah. 53, mm-hmm. from Psalm 22. And now it says, and after this, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might, said, I thirst. Now, remember, we looked in Psalm 22. It says his mouth is dried up. He can't, mm-hmm. his tongue cleaves to him. They, now, a vessel of sour wine was sitting there. Now, sour wine is what we call vinegar. Yeah. Okay. True. They filled the sponge yeah. with sour wine, put it in a hyssop, like a stick with a sponge, right. and put it in his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he, he says it is finished. So notice at this point, it's finished. He receives a little drop of it. Notice before he would not. That's very interesting. Before, when he was just immediately crucified, right. he didn't receive it. Now he receives it. I'm thinking he might. Need, it fulfills prophecy. I'll show you that in a minute. But it also may have just given him enough um, uh, liquid in his mouth to free his tongue to speak the last words he's going to speak on the cross. Yeah. But here's what it says. Again, this is a thousand years before the crucifixion. In Psalm 69, he will say this. In regards to this, what he's going through here. Um, Psalm 69, it says. What verse are you in, Jan? Uh, verse 19 through okay. 21. Okay. You know, uh, you know how I am scorned, disgraced, and shamed. All of my enemies are before you. Scorn has broken my heart and has left me helpless. I looked for sympathy, but there was none. For comforters, but I found none. They put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst. There it is. Yeah. There it is. Wow. Can you imagine? Mm. And now he takes this and uh, this this is uh, you know, this is the sixth uh, I'm sorry, this is the uh, fifth expression but notice this is something curious David, because first of all, we don't deserve forgiveness, but Jesus gives us forgiveness. Uh-huh. People were not forgiving to him at all. They mocked him. They blasphemed him. It's like people today that use Jesus' name as a curse word. They have no regard for him. I guess like I was before I came to accept Christ at age 27. But the other thing he says, we notice here, he when he says, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? He's promised to believers, what? I will never leave you nor forsake you. Right. You know. And when he says, well, I, I like thirst... When he says, I thirst, what did he say to the woman at the well in John chapter 4? I can give you water that you'll never thirst again. In John chapter 7, he says, who's ever thirsty, let him come unto me, and you'll have the Holy Spirit coming out of your very being. 
He's, he's the one that gives us, but in the return, we give him everything the opposite. Yeah, and, and that's really where we see the true grace of God our Father and his Son. Yeah. You know, the, 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 whole, the whole triad. Um, you know, so when we come to the Lord, we have so many gifts. We will not be forsaken. We will not be left alone ever. Yeah. You know, we may feel it. We may feel like there's a gap, but he's always with us. Yeah, and yeah. if somebody's and always providing. If and someone said, says they don't feel his presence, that doesn't mean he's left them. Because yeah. whenever you don't have the feeling, go with the fact. The right. fact says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The fact says, I started a good work in you, I'll bring it to completion. I'm speaking to believers now, people that are Christians. Right. And if somebody hears that that's not a Christian, this is a perfect time this weekend to accept Christ. Yes. Both his yeah. sacrifice on the Amen. cross and the power of his resurrection on what we call Easter. Right. So... These things are extremely important uh, to ponder and to think about. For a believer, it helps us to appreciate our salvation in the, in the fullness. So not only, you know, this is such a powerful weekend because, as you said, but when I thought about Jay Warren Wallace and some of these other guys, this weekend is what converted them from being an yeah, atheist. Yeah, right, right. Period. And not only do you see the mercy, the grace, the, the, the perfect sacrifice, but then with the resurrection... You see the true power yeah. of God that He was fully resurrected and He rose fully. Yeah. And you know, and He could have used that in a second to not go to the cross. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so you, you see His power, yet you see His mercy and grace all in the same weekend. Yeah, it's all same. What same. a perfect leader! You, you see incredible yeah. defeat, incredible victory. You see darkness. You see light. You yeah. see death. You see, you know, it's everything. This is the most important event that ever happened on this planet. Yes. It just is. It is. Not launching yes. a rocket to the moon no. or inventing a computer. Mm -hmm. This is it. it. For a believer, this is our central pillar. Yeah. That we, In a sense, the Bible says we've died with Christ, the crucifixion. We're risen with him to new life through the resurrection. Mm -hmm. And his tomb is empty. Right. We're going to get to that in the coming weeks, David, about the resurrection, the scriptural, the historical, mm. what non-Christian writers say about it. The probability that there was a resurrection when we look at what happened to the early church and how it exploded and grew so quickly uh, because of mm -hmm. the eyewitnesses. So here we see our Lord, he's thirsting, yeah. and now he will take um, this, this, you know, just mm -hmm. maybe a little drop of vinegar of all things. And here he gives us new wine. Yeah. Remember his first miracle, the yeah. woman of Cana turned the water into wine. Mm -hmm. The best wine, and then at the Lord's Supper, he says, "This is my blood shed. This wine is my typified my yeah. blood that was shed for the forgiveness of sins in the new covenant." And then finally, in John, he will say this: uh, when verse thirty, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, "It is finished," and bowing his head, uh, he gave up his spirit. Now, this this is very important. In the Greek, it's one word. This is three words. It is finished. But in the Greek, it's tetelestai, and it means it's over. It's like your debt is paid in full. Yeah. Like when you get your mortgage, you pay off your mortgage, and they go, paid in full. Or if a prisoner has served his time and he's getting released, penalty, paid in full. Or an artist completes his art, sculpture, or portrait, and you pull down the curtain, and there it is. It's finished. It's, you see, it's that idea. Yeah. Tetelestai. It's finished. That's why we don't need another revelation, David, no. another prophet, another holy mm -hmm. book. It's finished. God's redemptive plan is yes. finished. You remember what Jesus' first recorded words in the Bible were? Do you remember? He's 12 years old. 
Oh, yeah. Um, it, didn't you not know I was going about my father's business? My father's business. Right. And now, at the end, what does he say? He's... It, it, is, is it is finished. He's finished He's the Father's done. business. Yeah, right. His plan of redemption yes. is over. Yeah. That's it. And so it is finished, and I we can rest in that. That um, you know, <laughs> there's nothing else is required for our salvation. You see, He's done yeah. everything. And in, in one John three eight, the other thing is uh, Jesus achieved victory over the devil. You'll see the one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Yeah, that's a very important yes. thing. Yeah, that's there's many things that this crucifixion. So, yeah, and then the other thing I, I wrote down, John, is the dominion over earth that man through his sin had handed over to the devil was now won back. Correct. Yes. Well, so we should talk about that for a second. Well, Jesus says, "Now yeah. all power and authority has been given unto me. Go make right. disciples of all nations." Right. And he said, "For believers." We now have power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. Right. Uh, he says in James mm -hmm. chapter 4, draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, this is for believers. I'm saying this, okay? Yeah, you? right. That we can actually, uh, now we get warnings about the devil. You know, Peter says, uh, uh, Satan goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So we're on guard. We're prayerfully aware. Right. But yeah. nevertheless, we are invested with... Uh, uh, mm -hmm. armor you know mm -hmm. spiritual armor to, right. and we're not under the attack that we were before we became believers mm -hmm. we were just walking around mm -hmm. with what impulse or the strongest peer group yeah. or the temptation at that given time now we know better and we have power right and that power came through his death and resurrection yes. that's Absolutely. a whole separate oh yeah topic but that's to that yep so now of course, it's the end. That was the sixth statement right. of Jesus uh, on the cross. Mm -hmm. And then finally, in Luke chapter 23, um, verse 46, uh, he will say this. Um, now, uh, it says again, uh, verse 44, Now it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over all the earth till the ninth hour. So we're at 3 o'clock, the ninth hour in present day is three o'clock in the afternoon then the sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was torn in two yeah. there it is now that means yeah. we have entry into that holy of holies through the shed blood of jesus christ and then finally it says and when jesus had cried out with a loud voice he said father into your hands i commit my spirit his first statement starts out with father his last statement is father and here again we see this idea that uh, mm -hmm. he has accomplished. You see, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Um, that's it. You know, that was the seventh statement. It's a finality to that. Now, of course, he ascends to heaven. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. But notice verse 47. So when the centurion, a Roman soldier, saw what had happened, he glorified God, saying, certainly this was a righteous man. Yeah. Some translation will say he was the son of God. Nevertheless, there that accomplishes through those seven statements and we went rather quickly but you see so much is contained there oh, you yeah. know so much yeah. is contained therein you know and and to realize jesus was fully god yeah but he was fully man you know yeah. he thirsted he wept yes he, he got tired he felt pain uh -huh. he felt suffering shame he was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief and it goes way back to genesis yeah with satan when god said to Satan, he says, the seed of the woman will crush your head, but you will bruise his heel. 
Seed of the woman, that implies a virgin birth, the seed right of the there. woman. Yeah. That's way back yeah. there in chapter so 3. So from Genesis to this final scene, how many hundreds of years is that, Jeff? Oh, thousands. Yeah. Thousands. There it's it is. Hard, hard. Yeah, a couple thousand. Yeah, oh, at least yeah. six, seven, right. eight thousand, maybe longer, yeah. we don't know. So, yeah, so, wow. Yeah, and then you take a look at, at John 10, 17, and 18. Therefore my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No right. one takes it from me, yeah, but I it. lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. And then you see the whole weekend working in that manner. Exactly right. And, and here's the... That's why he's... That's why when... You know, this was purposeful. He said, you know, father... Or he dismisses his spirit. You know, nobody could take that from him. He picked the time of his He was death. in control. Yes. He's in control of everything. Right. You see, and this why, why this is so important when he says, he says to Peter, Peter, yeah. do you not know that I could pray to my father now? Yeah. And he sent 12 legions of angels. He said that to this, Pontius Pilate too. Yeah, you know that he, my kingdom right, is not of this right, world. Uh-huh. Point being that he he gave his life. Even at the Garden of Gethsemane, he went out to meet the temple guard and the right. soldiers. He didn't hide back and they had to search mm-hmm. him. No, he walked mm-hmm. out to meet them. He gave his he was the willing <clears throat> sacrifice. But this is why why this is so important because number one when people say the Jewish people killed him or something, it's wrong. And that anti Semitism has been around and it's terrible because they did not uh romans yes jewish people yes i did you did everybody did but it was god's plan he uses all these human agents and instruments but you can't blame a given people group unless you put the blame on all of us but then it goes to father as it saw in isaiah 58 it it pleased the father to 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 bruise him it was between the father and the son and that's why even when Peter takes the sword out and yeah. tries to protect them using a sword, <laughs> cuts off the ear of the servant, we should never take up arms to get to defend Jesus or to extend the gospel. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. We don't compel people. Mm-hmm. We don't force people. We present the gospel yeah. prayerfully, compellingly. Yes. If they want it, fine. If not, okay. If they right. have questions, we answer. If, you know. My point being that we've over the history we've got this twisted because I don't think we fully understand this week. No, you know the implications. No, absolutely not. No, I agree with everything you said there, Jack. Because I know in my own experiences, what you said is true, especially about trying to force people to look at this. Yeah, they have to be invited, yeah. and then they their eyes have to open, or it's just not the way to go. Exactly, and, right. and they're just never going to see it. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, what a what a wonderful day, and what a wonderful weekend. Yeah, this is well, the culmination of our whole religious faith. Yeah, this is the yeah, important week. Right. I mean, Christmas is important, Thanksgiving is important, but folks, this is the week. I mean, when we remember, looking back, uh, it has present day application and effect on us. But like I said, we looked at the crucifixion, and now in the coming shows, we hope to look at uh, resurrection yeah. and uh, why that is the central pillar. Right. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul says, if Jesus Christ is not risen, our faith is futile. Oh, yeah. We're to be despised. Yeah. More than, but if it's true, yeah. and I think we can show it is true, it's life-changing. Yes. It's life-changing. Amen. Okay, thank you again for listening in, and God bless you this particular weekend on Resurrection Sunday. And uh, God willing, we'll be back with you, and we'll be looking yes. more in detail. Thank Have you, Have a great weekend, everybody. Happy Easter.